to you from Whidbey Island, Washington. This is Stories from Women Who Walk. I'm your host, Diane Wiska. Welcome back to a special bonus episode because the boys are back in town with my guest, award-winning recording artist and author, composer, musician, the creator of America the Dream, and my brother-in-law, Steve Shook. When last Steve and I spoke, I asked, you use the analogy of a baseball game when you're talking about America the Dream. What does that mean for people who haven't yet been to the website? Let's rejoin the conversation to hear more music and about this wonderful project, America the Dream. friend who is a a very ardent New York Yankees fan. And uh, since I've, you know, been based out here in New Hampshire now, 30 some years, I think I've kind of adopted the Red Sox. And, you know, and I think in a way sports is, it's a metaphor for where politics is in this country or, but I'd like to think also where it could be. So, and there are Yankees fans and Red Sox fans that just hate each other to the core. And, but the fact is when the Red Sox and Yankees are playing, I'll often call up Judith or she'll call me up, you know, maybe the crucial point when Mariano Rivera was coming in to pitch the ninth inning and David Ortiz was coming up to the plate. And, and the fact is, although she's always rooting for the Yankees and I might be rooting for the Red Sox, the fact is we love baseball. We really love baseball. And although this song is not trying to talk about sports, underneath this song, I believe that a lot of people really do love this country, and they love the dream of what this country is trying to become and and is still becoming. And to the extent we can hear that in conversation with each other, and maybe we drop our suspicion level about, well, Gee, that so that person actually they they care about their kids or they care about they care about our school too or they they really love our town. Oh, I do too. Some of the suspicion starts to drop when you find common purpose, and um, that's a longer discussion. How this country starts to heal across the divides. Certainly, singing can be a piece of it, but recognizing that there's a lot that we do love in common, I think, underscores a great deal of healing conversation. And at the website, we've actually got a bunch of suggested books, both for adults and kids. We have links to some other websites. Um, but the, the just having a few more songs in common circulation that we could sing as people, whether it's for the 4th of July or Memorial Day or at a concert, uh, one of our houses of worship, um, obviously for Martin Luther King Day, but at different times, just even 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 singing something, regardless of when you get to the lyrics, when any choir knows this, the fact that you're listening so carefully to each other and that you're blending, it's, it's never just about my voice or your voice. It's about our voices. And my, my wife, Marilyn, you know, teaches yoga classes and yoga people... Uh, spend a lot of time talking about breathing. If you're a singer, 
you have to be thinking a lot about breathing and how you how a choir breathes together and how you phrase something. The breathing and the listening. Uh, I remember Pete Seeger saying once, it's really hard to be mad at somebody while you're singing with them. <laughs> so all of that fits in. It does. So uh, it does, because it must be hard to uh, be mad at somebody and and play a baseball game together, or maybe that's, <laughs> or you could. But the idea that baseball as our natural national pastime, something we can all rally around, the idea behind this project is song, a, a general song, but versions of song that we can sing together, sing in different combinations, sing in different settings, and still be united around the same idea that America was begun as a dream, and we are still dreaming her forward. And some days it's like a nightmare, and some days it's like a beautiful dream, but that doesn't stop us from dreaming. And when you say another version that we can sing together, you offered me one that you call the Nashville version. Uh, would um, would this be an appropriate time to play that? Uh, sure, we, we could do that. Um, and so this would be an example. I mean, a song like this could be sung by so many different singers in so many different settings. It doesn't just have to be a choir, you know, and it doesn't have to be kids, and it doesn't have to... Uh, so the idea of somebody with a, a solo guitar getting up and doing this, uh, you know, at a, at a picnic or uh, as part of a baseball game or for the 4th of July or, you know, lots of different occasions. Um, so we're, we're going to hear a very different example, but uh, I, there's no reason this could not be done by a solo singer songwriter. Hey, maybe someday a rock band would even do it. I don't know. Or uh, there's, a million ways this could be arranged, but let's hear an example of uh, of the Nashville version. Okay. And there will soon be a music video of this one as well. We've got the audio recorded. Hopefully by, by the time this podcast is out, we'll have the music video for this at the website as well. Okay, let's start this one. skies for amber waves of grain for purple mountain majesties above the fruited plain oh beautiful for freedom's hope although at times unseen the promise one of your arrangements. What prompted that one, the Nashville version? 
Well, I've done some work down in Nashville the last few years, and that's a, you know, you talked earlier about loving music of Ireland, loving uh, the music in the Dominican Republic. I mean, everywhere you go, different parts of the country, there are very different flavors and takes on music. And uh, I'll just say, uh, hearing a version like this, I think this would reach some people that maybe are not, you know, that fond of choral music, but they hear this and they say, oh, yeah, I can imagine doing a version like this one. And the real goal is to spread the song. And so whatever version catches someone's ear, and I mean, I think at the website we've even said to people, and if you come up with uh, another verse that you really love or another take on the chorus, send it along and maybe we'll post that in time at the website too. So this really is many hands have contributed to this project, but showing different faces of the song, I think that's that's the best way for it to spread in different ways across this this wide country that we live in from sea to shining sea. Well, it certainly shows the the links between um, people and the ways in which people do sing from region to region. Um, even though the tune might sound a little bit different, the undercurrent is still the same. The notion is still the same, that this is something we can get behind, even though we might voice it a little bit differently, sing it a little bit differently. So I know on um, on the website, you have flung the doors wide open to share this with music teachers and choir directors and chorale directors and music educators and children's singers. I mean, you name it, if you sing it, you're going to find resources on this website. And I'm curious because all the sheet music Everything that's up there is free. Where did this idea of free stuff come from? Especially, you know, stuff that had so much backstory, so much work put into it. Here it is, you know, go to the website, download what you need and start playing and singing. Well, uh, of course, at this point, um, America the Beautiful is written long enough ago that that's all in the public domain. Now, if you create new versions of something, that's, I mean, I actually do have a copyright on all these arrangements. Uh, and I worked with my friend, Mike Bradley. Uh, we've co-written a bunch of songs together. He's my co-writer with the new lyrics. But we were both clear from the beginning, we weren't doing this to make money. Uh, this this is something we would, we would it's, it's kind of our hope or our prayer for America to spread this out. Uh, into the widest circulation possible. And if a choir director or a music teacher had to pay for every score that they downloaded, uh, it gets expensive. And if you then start offering six different versions and they're thinking, my gosh, am I supposed to pay for all these different ones? So here somebody can, they can look at all the versions and whatever is appropriate. You know, it's there. The only thing that we are holding back, we're saying if somebody ever wants to do something commercially with this, then they're going to need to get a license agreement. But for nonprofit usage, um, there's no cost for any of this. So as we begin to wind down, I'd like to know, as you sit here today, what lasting result would you like to make with this work and for whom? And how? 
Well, um, I, I think with this piece and actually with almost everything I've written over my lifetime, I, I sometimes feel like there was the, remember the, the BC comic strip, the, 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 the caveman, <laughs> right. And the one BC character sometimes had a correspondence with somebody across the ocean and he go down to the beach with a little stone tablet and he write a couple words on it and toss it out on the ocean. And then, you know, the sun would go down, the moon would come up and that couple days later, the tablet comes back from the other side with a message from whoever these folks were across the water. And I think anytime you bring something new into this world, whether it's a child, whether it's a piece of art, a story, a song, you don't know how it's going to travel. Um, but you send it forth with blessings on, on its way. Um, you try to give it the best launch you can. And, you know, and at, and at some point it's, it's out of your hands. I do believe this country is still young. I mean, we're just a little over 200 years old. Uh, and, I, and there's a lot that we're still trying to figure out. This thing of democracy, this thing of equality with justice for all, it's difficult to pull off. It's difficult to believe in democracy when your side doesn't win. And so it, to some extent, we're still figuring out this dream. Every generation, every, every day, every year, we're figuring it out anew. But I think having having something like the Declaration of Independence, having something like uh, the Gettysburg Address, having something like Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, and having some of the music that we do, it's part of it's part of what helps us come together. It's part of what helps us imagine who we are and what we might still be becoming. And so I hope this song, in different ways, um, I have no idea where it'll travel. It might catch on big. It might not. Who knows? Someday it might get sung at the Super Bowl, you know? <laughs> but but if in, in my wildest dreams, I would hope that, you know, 10 years, 20 years from now, maybe long after I'm gone, school kids will be singing it all around the country. It will have entered our common vocabulary um, in a good way. Maybe people have written a few additional new verses as well that are fitting for the time that we're in at that point. Um, it's, but it's, it, I would say that this song, just like our country and, and like the game of baseball, it's not, it's not about any one of us as an, as an individual. It's, it's a much bigger, uh, it's a much bigger thing. So. Everything in the music is the music. Mm. So we have one last um, piece that you wanted us to play. And that is Shelby Rassler's orchestral version. Is there anything you would like to say to introduce that piece before I play it? Sure. Um, I might even ask, was there anything that caught your ear when you first heard this one? It's, it's a little different than the others. Well, if I had one wish that could be granted to me, it would either be to sing like Ella Fitzgerald one night, <laughs> one night, yeah. or reach some of the notes that these wonderful vocalists did. Because someone who can't carry a tune in a bucket, 
but certainly knows how to appreciate the sung word. I'm, I'm just my, that's all I can say is simply marvelous, simply marvelous. But those high notes, beautiful high notes. Yes. Yeah. So on this, on this last one, um, the, and the video part that Shelby put together, the images are just beautiful. But this was the largest group of performers. There's about, I don't know, 20, 30 different singers and instrumentalist musicians. We, we want to imagine this one being the sort of thing that might happen someday for the 4th of July. You know, Keith Lockhart with the Boston Pops and, and, a, and, a, and gospel singers on stage, a big choir. And the main guidance that... Um, I gave to the singers on this one. I said, take some liberties. Don't just worry about what's written on the page. And I said, take some liberties. If you if you feel a Beyonce moment coming on, you know, go for it. And um, even in this last part of, the, of this piece, you'll hear where it just starts soaring. And, uh, and some of that's written in the parts, and some of that's the singers really putting their own stamp and spirit into this, which is really what you hope for any music is it starts on a page, but it lives in people's hearts. And the page is only, it's, it's a map, but it's not the destination. And uh, I, I was just so thrilled when I, when I heard what they did was this particular version. There's also something neat under the very last verse. Now you've got timpani, you've got a whole orchestra, but the, the piano, the timpani, they keep holding this one note under the last verse, building up to the final chorus. It doesn't, it doesn't move. Uh, the chords don't move like they do under other verses. I'm not trying to get too technical here, but it, it creates this incredible tension. And, and when it releases into the last chorus, it just feels fabulous. So anyway, hats off to all these young performers. These are, these are all musicians from the Berkeley School of Music and Juilliard. And uh, again, Shelby Rassler, who who really put this one together. So, well, and, and and as good as it is to hear it, it's even better when people get to see the faces of these people playing and singing in the music video. Which they will see when they go to the website. Yeah. Okay, so I hope I found the right clip for us to begin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. America. 
So does it sound as good the next next time around? <laughs> I'm just I'm just gobsmacked. It's absolutely stunning, stunning work. And I'm not just saying that because you're my brother-in-law. <laughs> well, I'm uh, you. I think it asked earlier. We were talking. You know, th this really is the work of many, many hands, and. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful to Shelby. I'm grateful to all these young musicians. Uh, I'm grateful to my friend, Mike Bradley. Uh, we've co-written a bunch of lyrics on songs together. And uh, I don't know, the, the dream of America, it, it, it is, it's, uh, we like to say we're a melting pot. Um, I know Ken Burns sometimes has said, the filmmaker, you know, Ken Burns, PBS, all the, the Civil War and all the different films he's made. He, he uh, sometimes references that quote about um, right now we've got a lot of pluribus and the hard part is getting the unum. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but that is that is the trick with this country. And I think it starts with, with conversations we have with friends and neighbors, and we don't all have to vote the same or think the same, but if we, we find some of the things that we really do love in common, um, I... I want to believe we will still keep building a better and more perfect union. Uh, it's a great experiment that America launched, and um, and we're not done with the experiment yet. No. So, um, before I say thank you, Steve, I want to mention again that all social media links and connections to uh, Steve, through Night Heron Music and the America the Dream website will be posted in the episode notes. We encourage all of you and hope that many, many more that are listening today will drop by, check out the music, enjoy the music, and use the free resources, the sheet music that is available to you. And to you, Steve, <laughs> I well, want to say muchas gracias por todo for walking along with us and sharing your wonderful story about dreams of many kinds uh, coming true from this place. Well, thank you. Thank you, Diane. And uh, I, I'll just say to you and, and your listeners, I, I was tickled um, when you were beginning this podcast and, and you first asked about if any of the, the violin music stuff I'd done with the Night Heron Consort might be fitting for the show. And I, I was tickled to hear that you were able to use the two pieces that you did. Um, delighted that this podcast gains more listeners all the time. So, so uh, but thank you to you and, and thanks to all the listeners out there. Um, spread, spread the word to your friends about the podcast and, uh, and, uh, and put a link, if you like, at your Facebook pages to the AmericaTheDream.org, and, and we'll keep spreading it. We will. Maybe we'll circle back in a, a year or so, and here we'll have an opportunity maybe in a year to circle back and see what kind of traction this has gotten. <laughs> Meanwhile, good. just keep singing. Just keep singing. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Diane. Here we are, 
at the end of the road, but not the journey. Thank you for listening to the conclusion of this episode of Stories from Women Who Walk with your host, Diane Wisga, and my guest, award-winning recording artist, musician, composer, and creator of America the Dream, Steve Shook. Remember to visit Steve and Night Heron Music, as well as check out the many free resources, sheet music, videos, and more music on americathedream.org. All links are in the episode notes. And check out over 200 episodes of Stories from Women Who Walk, found on Simplecast or your favorite podcast platform. Come for the stories, stay for the magic. Speaking of magic, I hope you'll subscribe, leave us a nice shout out on social media, and join us next time. You will have wonderful company as we walk our lives together. 